Okay. So if you are one of those teachers who's getting kind of tired with a lot of the negativity that's going on surrounding teaching on like Instagram, YouTube, all those other platforms, then not only is this the interview for you, but my channel is the channel for you. So I would encourage you to subscribe because I am looking for positive influences in the education space to interview, to talk to, to give advice to teachers. That is who I interview. So I really hope you enjoy this interview today because I am speaking to Adva Hanan and I loved talking to Adva because both of us are positive mindset coaches for teachers. So we do a whole deep dive on tips, tricks, strategies, ideas on how you can still show up for your kids in the classroom, but also show up for yourself and not try your absolute best not to be affected by a lot of the negativity that is surrounding you outside of the classroom. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast, well, and YouTube video. (laughs) Please like, subscribe, comment. I will absolutely be happy to get back to you. If you want to message me directly, you you can do that too, or Adva. And most importantly, let's get into it. Hey, teachers and parents. So this interview is for you if you think you might be struggling with burnout and definitely need help. You want some strategies about changing to a more positive mindset. You've been thinking about getting a coach or mentor to help you love teaching again. And maybe you've been thinking about starting your own business. So in this episode, we are talking to Adva Hanan, who is a former early childhood teacher turned coach and mentor for teachers, as well as running her own podcast called Shaping Little Minds, also for teachers. So I definitely advise you to check that out because it's all about helping you in the classroom. And her program that she has created is called The Confident ECE and specializes in early childhood so that teachers can work towards setting boundaries, achieving work-life balance and stopping early signs of burnout, all of which are so important right now. Adva, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Uh, So Adva, before we start, I was wondering if you could explain to our listeners, um, because there is a big issue with burnout at the moment. So how can a teacher actually recognize if they are starting to burn out? What sort of signs should they be looking for? Yeah, burnout um, is something that honestly, for me, was like this consistent cycle. And I'm sure a lot of teachers can relate to that. Um, I think what you need to look for is a lack of motivation, unexplained illnesses, um, uh, fatigue, like overtired, always tired, like never enough sleep coming out. Like even if you're getting 10 hours, you're still tired. Um, and another thing that I would say you can look for is like this consistency of headaches. And that's where my burnout came into play where I was getting migraines all the time, literally all the time. And that's when I knew I needed to kind of change gears. Um, and uh, yeah, burnout, unfortunately, is really, really common. But at the end of the day, I do believe that teachers as a whole don't need to ever deal with burnout if they have the right tools in hand. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think as teachers, we aren't always given those tools. And then we have to sort of rely on ourselves to find them. And it's difficult, right? Which is which is yeah. why I'm so happy you're here to kind of help us help guide, especially newer teachers through that. Um, tell us just a bit about your history as a teacher and kind of how you came up with this program. Um, I know we're going to talk about the program after as well, but if you want to give us a little bit about how the program works... Go for it. Sure. 
Um, I started teaching now 10 years ago. Um, I was a second language teacher, actually, when I started. Okay. I did not have a degree in education. I had a degree in psychology. Um, I had a lot of camp experience before starting to teach. Um, and my first year was, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I walked into the classroom for the first time, had no idea what I was doing. I was second year as second language teacher for the first three years. Um, and I learned a lot. I actually also went back to school afterwards to get a degree in education so I could implement what I was learning in school into the classroom. Okay. Um, after three years, I did not want to teach a second language anymore. I wanted to be just a general ed um, English teacher. So for a year, I actually went into the public school systems here and was a para paraprofessional. I worked with a kid who was on the spectrum, learned a tremendous amount. It brought me back to why I went to why I went into the classroom in the first place. And actually, um, a job opened up for a general ed position at the school that I was working at before. Wow. Um, so the the director called me. We ended on very good terms, um, and I worked there for another three years um, as a full time general education teacher. And loved it. I became a requested teacher. So parents who didn't even know who I was would ask if their child could have me. Um, parents who I'd never met before. Wow. Um, yeah. And but the um, this idea of burnout, I was in a burnout cycle for about six years. And I only worked full time for about seven in within the classroom. So it was it was a really like tough break. It was um, COVID hit. Then we were locked down. Then we went back to school, actually, that following school year. We were a private school. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the year that I was getting migraines all the time because I was always working. I never took a break. I always felt like I needed to be productive, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, I also had a really big class that year. And then after I decided that I wanted to leave um, and pursue administration within pre within a preschool. Um, I was teaching two and three year olds, so that was my like that was my thing. I loved the early education world, right. preschool world, um, and I got a job in administration. It was it was like what I thought would be the perfect job. Um, I had a toxic boss, um, and I know we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. So I ended up leaving. And um, since then, I've been in and out of the classroom. And now I work with kids who are developmentally delayed um, within the state, but also run my program for teachers. And the way I came up with the program is really just by seeing another teacher who struggled. Um, I, I was lucky enough to have gotten a second chance when I struggled, um, but not every teacher is like that. Not every teacher gets that second chance. Mm -hmm. And this teacher really struggled from the start, never was given the right support that she really needed. She had never taught that class, that age before. She had always been an assistant teacher. She'd never been a, a head teacher. Um, and so I saw her struggle. And at the time I was in my master's program learning about administration and what directors or principals are really responsible to be doing for their teachers. And this just wasn't happening. Um, for her specifically, um, and she ended up getting fired at the end of the year. So, um, That's so that so is kind of sad, what inspired like... me. Yeah, it's a, it was a sad reality, and I 
fully could not do it because I was teaching full time. I couldn't like help her out. I was trying as much as I could. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like, something needs to change. Like, this isn't okay that teachers are just getting let go because they're not meeting expectation, but they're also not getting any support at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I think also, you know, when, when you look at uh, when a teacher comes into a position, they're just expected to know everything to do. They're expected to know how to run the class and how to set this up and how to find everything in, in the, you know, the school drive. And that within itself is, you know, a labyrinth <laughs> that some people have no idea what's going on with. Um, so I definitely agree that when admin comes in and, and it's like, but, you know, doesn't give that support because they think that you should know. I'm actually shocked sometimes at how unsupportive um, admin can be when in reality, if you have a supported admin, it can make all the difference. Like yeah. it really, really can. Um, yeah. And that's actually what I wanted to lead into with the toxicity some in some of the schools. And I've watched videos on with teachers leaving and they say, you know, I have a toxic colleague, I have a toxic boss. And and it really shouldn't be that way. But it actually doesn't even surprise me as much anymore when you have these administrators being toxic. So what was your experience and why, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Like, why do you think this this happens? I think it all stems from the top. Mm. Um, and I think that if like, like in the school that I was working at, it all stems from the head of school, right? The head of school yeah. has principals and directors underneath him. And it, he, I don't know how much support he really gives his administration. So, um, I think with a lot of, with a lot of, um, schools in general, it all stems from the top. If it's a private school, a lot of times it stems even from the board, Right. Um, yeah. Where the board isn't is unwilling. Um, I mean, toxicity, I think, is really, unfortunately, like more common nowadays. Yeah. Um, I also think that when it comes to administration, a lot of times they have been so far removed from the classroom that they don't know how to guide their teachers. It's not even their fault. Like, they're so far removed that they don't know how to help their teachers with behaviors that only started after COVID. Right. Sorry, excuse my dog barking. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, marshmallow. <laughs> I love it. Um. Anyway, so I think I, I think it's important to also like not let toxicity move you so far away from the classroom and so far away from school from being in a school system because at the end of the day you can find a place that's not toxic yes um you can find an administration that is actually very supportive it it takes knowing how to find that but you can find it so when i dealt with a toxic boss mm -hmm. um i was an administrator I was on the administration and my job technically was to support the teachers in the classroom and to help them. Okay. But I didn't get to do that job. Oh, I see. I was instead an an executive assistant and to this person and there were absolutely no boundaries 
never she never took the blame for anything um and it was just it it became to the it got to the point where i did not want to be there and i could not handle her thing it was always a drama and it was mm-hmm. always um everybody else's fault and not her own and that's when it kind of became very obvious to me that i was just like no i can't do this anymore yeah and i'm not the girl who i'm not the person who leaves in the middle of the year but i left in the middle of the year yeah, I, I wish... also dealt with a. I mean, Sorry, I also dealt with a toxic coworker. On top of that, um, so... I just want to. I just want to go in uh, with the boss thing. I I feel like you know. I wish that administration could actually see that if you work as a team, if you so for any any teachers who are who are thinking of getting into an admin position, you know, learn this learn the skills of leadership and see how can you lead as a team rather than not taking ownership for mistakes and yeah so i just wanted to say that yeah. but tell us about your toxic coworker, which is you know double whammy right there which is even worse yeah i also had a toxic coworker. i worked in a school for like two months um i it was a school that i actually was brought up in like i i went to school there from first through eighth grade um i graduated from that school and um i went into their early childhood classroom um with three-year-olds and the the girl who was the lead teacher I went in as an assistant I took a a, you know a step back um before I went into the paraprofessional world I don't really talk about this job because I don't feel like it had much of an impact on me right um except for the fact that I learned what toxicity looks like and helped me like get out when I needed to um this girl just did not she she was about my age um and she would talk behind my back she would complain to other teachers she had the principal wrapped around her finger even though this principal had known me since I was seven yeah Uh, and the principal only listened to her words and what what I was doing wrong and and I was doing my absolute best. I didn't know the school very well in this in when I came in as a teacher. It was very right. different. Um, and I was from a different kind of environment when it came to teaching. Um, and I was a teacher who was supported, and I was a teacher who my boss had my back. And honestly, she still does. Um, and I'm and I'm three years out. Yeah. Um so <laughs> Uh, and I go back to visit that school. So, you know, there's, there's, um, there was a big thing in the classroom where I wasn't meeting expectations, quote unquote, mm-hmm. whatever that meant. And they weren't really able to pinpoint why I wasn't meeting expectations when I spoke to them. Um, and that also in and of itself is toxic. Absolutely. If you tell me where I'm going wrong, then there is nothing to talk about. Yeah, you're listening to a teacher who is toxic just in general, and everybody knows that. Like the whole early childhood knew that she was toxic, and yet you're listening to her. So, um, you know, these are like little things that just like happened throughout my time in the world of education, never really throwing me out of the classroom. For me, the classroom never felt like a forever thing, even since the start. I never felt like. Uh, the classroom was going to be forever. 
I knew I loved kids. I knew I loved the education world. I knew I loved learning about different ways of educating and different teaching techniques, but I didn't want to be in the classroom all the time. I, I had no interest in being in the classroom forever. So I just think that like when it comes to toxicity, you just need to know where it's coming from and, and know yourself enough to say, okay, this isn't okay. I'm out. I'm going to go find myself another job or, okay, I can deal with this for another however long, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm leaving at the end of this. Right. Um, like have it in your mind that I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm better than this. I'm worth more than this. Right. Exactly. I, and if, exactly. if, and you know, there's that, the famous Jim Rohn quote for things to change, you have to change. You cannot yeah. expect the admin to leave. You cannot expect the 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 parent that you don't get on with to leave, or the the colleague to leave, or you have to make that choice, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, if yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I what, what I was going to add to that to the change is change is scary, but it is necessary. Yes. Um, and I think that we shouldn't be afraid of change. And if you are in whatever capacity you're afraid of change, talk to someone about it. Um, yeah, because at the end of the day, the change that I've made in my life, as scary as it was at the time, I'm so grateful I made that change. Yeah, I've made significant changes in my life, you know, from from going like leaving my family, going to Australia to study teaching, living in England on my own meeting someone coming who's from South Africa being like, okay, I'm going to go and live in South Africa and I'm going to teach here. You know, it's, and, and it's been incredible. I, I think about the, the, the path that has led me and all the little, you know, the, all the little um, off paths, you know, that I've taken. Yeah. And I, I love change. I think it's a, it's a great thing. I know people are scared of it, but don't be right. It's it's exactly like that poem, "The Path Not Taken." You you just don't know what the other path is going to be until you take it. So, and life is full of that. And what if it is the best thing you ever do, right? Exactly. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So we're on the same page there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so out of curiosity, like if if I were a new teacher and I was really struggling with a toxic colleague or boss and you were like, okay, you're going to have to go and try and find another position as a teacher. Um, And I know you were telling me before, like sometimes teachers don't know actually what questions they should be asking if they do go into an interview, right? The the question is literally like, okay, I can teach. Can I have like teachers don't know. They're like, can I have the job or I'm not sure exactly what to ask. So what advice would you give there? Would you tell teachers to look for if they are going to uh, approach a new school? Yeah, I actually, um, I think we spoke about this (laughs) in our last conversation. Yeah, I had a client who, who um, went through this exact process where she had a job at a school. It was her first teaching job ever. And she was so excited about it. She knew she needed support. She knew that there wasn't really support in the school. So she hired me to to help her. And within a week of that job, it was too toxic for her. It was not the right fit. She knew it wasn't the right fit. It didn't align with her philosophy. So she quit and she found a new job that actually aligned with her and her philosophy. And so this is exactly what we worked on together because she was like, how do I know when, what this next school is going to look like? And how do I know what to ask when I'm looking for 
you know, my next school and my next job. And I think the the number one thing I always say is, first of all, do your research on the school itself. Like, look at their website, yeah, look at their great. philosophy, make sure that their teaching philosophy aligns with yours. Like, make sure that you you see that the school is um, al- aligned with whatever philosophy you're, you're in, you have, but also like whatever environment you want. So whatever work culture you're looking right. for. So I, you know, as I said, I, I did a two month stint with a school and I had a toxic coworker. What I didn't know was that the early childhood was not a warm, friendly place. It was, it was not like the school that I was at before. And, and it wasn't, you know, like you were a family and everybody looked out for you. Everybody was on their own, doing their own thing. Nobody was really looking out for the other person. And that is something that I learned. I didn't like, I hated it. Yeah. Um, so, and some people like that, to be fair. Some people are okay yeah. with that. It's just that yeah, you have listen, to know that about yourself, right? Exactly. If you like that kind of environment, if you're like, I'm good just being on my own, yeah. that's totally fine. My biggest thing with that, though, is teaching is is a collaborative uh, job. True. Yeah. It's not a, a one and done. And I think, And I think a teacher who is very okay sitting on her own if that's the case, I would say like go out and and learn outside of the school and collaborate with other friends that you might have who are in the education yeah, good system. Advice. It doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be in the school. It can be out of the school too. Yeah. Um, but something that like I would say for new teachers is that that piece, like knowing what work culture you want, knowing your philosophy, making sure that the the school's aligned with your philosophy. Um, but another thing that I would say is ask questions that you know will help you decide if the school is the right fit. So if you're a brand new teacher, you know you need the support, ask what kind of support you're going to get. Right. Like, is it support from a mentor teacher that's within the school? How does that work? Is yeah, it how does that work? That's the thing, yeah. How, how does that support work? So you know, you're, you're needing support. So this is, this was my mistake. Also, I knew I needed support, but I didn't know what kind of support I needed. And, um, I never really asked for it. So when you go into an interview, you want to ask what kind of support you're going to get as the new teacher. But I also think it's important for you to, um, dive deeper and think about what kind of support you need in a classroom. Um, and that means like looking in it, it means it doesn't mean that you get to like look up all the schools in the world and see what kind of support they provide. Honestly, it's not going to help you because you are your own person. And at the end of the day, every teacher needs a different kind of support system. So for me, so for me, it was the warm environment, being able to go to the other teachers and ask for help. Right. I needed that, but I also needed to go back to school to learn. Uh, Another client of mine has a very supportive administration and the parents are the the problem, right? And she was struggling with confidence because of these parents. Now, the administration could only give her so much support. Obviously, as an administrator, if you've ever been one, you know that administration is a tough job. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of outside of uh, school hours job and responsibility. 
Um, and so administrators can only do so much when it comes to that support system. Right. Um, so you also have to know yourself, okay, if the administration is giving me support, I know that the administration can't really give me everything that I need. Maybe I should look outside. Maybe I should see if I can find a mentor or a coach. Maybe I can ask a veteran teacher that I know to mentor me or to to give me the support that I need. So all of these avenues, I feel like, are a way for you to figure out what you need while you are applying for jobs. Yeah. While you gonna, are looking for a new job. I was going to say, too, you know, that even if you think I don't have someone to ask, well, ask the people you know already. Like, ask your support system, right? Do you yeah. know any teachers that I might be able to talk to? Do you know any veteran teachers? Because someone is going to know someone who yeah. is going to not have any problems talking to you and meeting with you for coffee and giving you some advice. So if you can't right. get that support within your school, then, um, you know, start with your your actual support system, your friends and family and see what they can you know, who they can come up with for you. I also, um, I mean, we're all on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, X, I yeah. think it's called now. Um, look it up, look up on Facebook, ask a question on a Facebook group, yeah. look up a teacher coach on, on Instagram, see what you can find and see what these people offer. Uh, you don't have to spend $5,000 to be able to get the support that you need. My program is not $5,000. It's less than $2,000. And you will get that support because at the end of the day, my program is individualized to each teacher. Right. So I don't, I don't come with a cookie cutter specific way of doing things. I'm not that person. I don't think teaching is like that. Right. And I know that a lot of the older old school teacher mentors are teaching one specific way rather than giving their mentors a variety of ways they can try it and giving their mentees um, more flexibility in terms of creativity and how you approach the classroom. Um, and yeah. so like, you know, mentorship is available to you. It's just a matter of where you look and how much you're how much you're actually willing to invest in yourself and I think that's a topic that a lot of teachers struggle with which is this this idea of investing in yourself and spending that kind of money absolutely and but I think you know if you do actually look at it right investing in a mentor is the the future it's where we are right now coaches and mentors is how we we learn how you know personal and professional development it's it's like an, it's an investment right you would yeah. you're going to invest in a house or you're going to invest in a car you you will put your money into that well why aren't you investing in yourself it's definitely yeah. something if it's going to help you grow and learn then you know, I say absolutely do it. Would Go you say it. that is definitely that it's it's really mentors that are prob is probably the biggest um the biggest thing like lacking with most new teachers, I would think. Because like in South Africa, there's a lack of mentorship programs for sure. I like your strategy of the mentors are out there. You just have to maybe go a little deeper to find them. Um but in the States, like, are there different mentorship programs in different districts or how does it actually work? Each district is different. So I've done a little bit of research on my own. Um, 
each district is different. Um, they some districts provide a mentorship program or they collaborate with another with a you know an organization that does mentorship uh and some districts just don't have it okay so it really depends on the district um when you're talking about the private school sectors some private schools have mentorship some do not it really depends on where you're at what district you're in if it's if it's what the socioeconomic um, factor is in there, mm-hmm. um, and you know I've worked with teachers who work in the private school sector um, and in the public school sector, and even in the public school sector, they're not getting all the support that they need. So, you know, it really depends on what your what you need in terms of mentorship. And honestly, my thing is, if you're not going to get mentorship, but this is the school that you think will will do best for you, will be best for you, then find mentorship outside of that. Yeah, I think this get the support sh- that you need outside yeah. of that. Spend the money, figure it out. Like, there's always a way for you to figure out how to spend that kind of money. Um, I have spent thousands on mentorship, and I do not regret any of it. Yeah, like I really just don't. I have business coaches. Um, who I look up to. And the reason I am investing in them is because they're at a place where I want to be. Yeah. So it's the same thing with like teacher coaches. You want to be the really great teacher who has a work-life balance, who has boundaries, and who can also um, feel confident in the classroom and be the requested teacher. Great. Find someone who's been in that path. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and really like, think about if you decide not to spend that money on yourself, right. And you go the route of, of possible burnout, you're probably going to spend the same amount, if not more on, on hospitals, on medical, you know, on, on medication that you have to take. So what is the, you know, the better choice there, right? It's to build yourself. It's to make sure it's to see how can you develop strategies to get through this situation that you might be dealing with. And that's actually, I was going to ask you like, in terms of mindset, like, what do you recommend for teachers to reflect um, at the end of the day so they can sort of move because as teachers I know with me like constantly the kids were just running through my head everything that happened was running through my head all yep. the time and until I started learning about positive mindset and how to shift my mindset it was it was a real struggle so what would you yeah. say at the end of the day where should teachers be reflecting where should they sort of to bring them like calm themselves down about in their mind so my I am a big journaler Okay. I love to journal. So um, something that I've been doing recently is I journal in the morning. And this is before I get on any social media, before I check my email, before I get into my work. I journal about what's on my mind. But I also journal at the end of the, the day um, to kind of help me decompress. Yeah. So um Those are two big things that I think are really, really important because journaling kind of just gets all of your thoughts and feelings out in the open. And a lot of times what ends up happening when you just keep writing is you end up processing those thoughts and emotions and being able to move past them at the end of it. So that's one way. I mean, I think there are lots of books that you can um, find on mindset practices um 
the one that I just actually recommended yesterday to a friend of mine is um, Lewis House's new book. Oh, um, The Greatness Mindset? The Greatness Mindset. He's one of my favorite podcasters. He is the first one I ever listened to. No way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just Lewis listening Greatness. to him in the car yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's one of those podcasters that when I first started listening to podcasts, Lewis House was one of those um one of those people and so his his book is really good because the only reason I say this is because at the end of each chapter um there is uh an ex- exercises for you to yes, do yes there's like work to, no, I don't want to call it work there's exercises yeah yeah so I think um I think his book is really great if you want to get to that mindset um even as a teacher like yeah and also I also again think that if you feel like you're not sure that journaling is the right practice for you and you don't know how to shift your mindset without the journal or the book, I think that's also a sign that maybe you need some support Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, so like at the end of the day, there's only so much a book and a podcast and a journal can do for you. Sometimes you need outside support to help you move through those feelings and emotions and that was honestly that was me for a long time I I hired a life coach because I I didn't know where my life was going for about a full year like I I was in this place of I don't want to go back to the classroom and I know I need some kind of job to help me financially but I I just can't keep going back to the classroom and getting paid nothing that's not helping Yeah, Um, definitely. So, and, and especially as a part-time person, like I would be, I was subbing and doing long-term leaves, doing full-time classroom. So anyway, my point is like mindset, number one is, you know, reading the right books and asking the right questions and journaling at the end of a day. But it's also, if you can't get yourself to that point from, with these journaling, with this journaling, with this um, reading a lot of times the extra support will actually get you further in shorter time. Absolutely. Because the thing is about like listening to the podcast, reading the books, they don't know you personally, right? So a coach who comes into your life, starts to ask the right questions, starts to pinpoint where are, where are you exactly on the path right now, right? Was, was there, it could even stem from past traumas that are you're still holding on to that is preventing mm-hmm. you from moving forward um, in, in trying to, you know, better yourself and change your mindset. Because I'm a firm believer that anybody can change their mindset. Absolutely. Um, I 100%. But I do know that if there are, if there are blocks you have to remove those blocks first before you can proceed. And a coach is the way to do that because they are going to know you for you for you. And that's it, right? They're going to look yeah. specifically at your blocks. Um, I was going to also say with journaling, like if if uh, if you don't have a lot of time to journal, one of the things that's really good that I like that I learned to do later is just writing down three really good things that happened that day in your class, mm-hmm. right? Just yeah. three moments that it could have been like, you know, Lucy sat still for like 25 minutes. That was, that was like, that had never been heard of, right? Yep. That thing happened, you know, <laughs> like yep. you write down those three things. So, you know, cause it's easy to find everything that went wrong, but if you can just find maybe three things that went right, 
it can be, it can even just shift your mindset a little bit right there, right? More, a little more gratitude on it. Yeah. Um, and also, um, another thing that I would say in terms of just helping like calm your mind and, and bring it back to a positive place. And I do this with, I actually do this with my clients where I ask them for wins at the beginning of the call for the week. And because it just sets you on a higher vibration. So um, another thing that I just, I started doing was um, mindfulness and meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And what meditation basically tells you to do is, yes, your thoughts will come up, but you're just letting them go. Yeah, they're floating. And at the end of the meditation, you feel that much more, that much better. I was never into meditation. I recently took it up. And I have been finding the practice so good for me because I am the girl who will go, 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 go all the time. And it was not doing me any good. It wasn't benefiting me in any way. Um, And so I took up a meditation practice where every day I just meditate once in the middle of my day to just kind of ground myself again and let any thoughts float away. Yeah. Um, so that's also another another way you can help the mindset. Um, um, just I just want to comment quickly on meditation. So yeah, I started um, meditating during COVID, and the one thing, and I do it in the morning. It's part of my morning practice. And the one thing that I really found is it just keeps me calm through the day. And even when I went back into teaching, I could handle a lot of what the kids were kind of throwing at me because I would just breathe and and be calm. I would be driving and I would just take deep breaths and I would be calm. And it was like this calmness had come over me like 80% of the day. Whereas before, like you said, you were so go, go, go. So I do highly recommend And When people say, Oh, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. I'm like, just try it. Even if it's for like two minutes, right? Like just like start with the deep breathing and the mindfulness and you will be amazed at how it really does change everything. I think. Yeah. I I agree. Um, I should have started in during COVID because that was when my anxiety was like off the roof. But um, when I start, I started it this this year, uh, like in twenty twenty four. Honestly, like in the last month and a half, and it's just done. It's done wonders for me. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, so I want to talk a little bit, uh, about your business, the confident ECE, which I think is absolutely brilliant and so needed for teachers, uh, today. Um, so what is your big picture vision for the business? Okay. (laughs) Um, That's a good question. So right now I offer one-on-one support. So the confident ECE is a one-on-one coaching program for teachers. It is completely individualized for their needs. So um, what I do is I get on a 30 minute call with the teacher who's interested. Um, I'm trying to kind of combine the two. Uh, Anyway, um, (laughs) 30 minute call where I kind of just ask questions about where their struggles are, what they need um, to be able to feel the confidence they want to feel inside their classroom. um, And then come up with some kind of game plan for the 12 weeks that we work together. Um, and so that is a big program. It is one-on-one. All of my clients have seen tremendous success. 
Um, I worked with a veteran teacher. I worked with a brand new teacher. I worked with, uh, I'm working with right now a second year teacher. This is her second career. This isn't her first. Like she's 10 years into a career. She left, she went to, she went to do, she went to teach instead. Hmm. Um, so anyone who is struggling or needs that support, um, can come and get that individualized plan. Um, now my goal with my business is to have other options for teachers. So I have that one-on-one coaching program. I do also offer a 90 minute reset call, which is basically a coaching call, but it's one off. You only pay for that one call and you get 90 minutes of individualized support. Literally all you need to do is click the link, schedule it and pay and you're done. Um, And when the call comes up, well, I'll probably spend about five minutes getting to know you, like figuring out what you need. And then we'll dive right into the call. The call is recorded and is sent over to you with a brief recap in the email itself. So that those are the two options. Um, right now, I am working on a course for teachers, Fantastic. which is a much lower priced course. Um, I can't promise that it's going to stay there, but it is for new teachers who need help in the classroom. And the first thing we work on is mindset. Yeah, there um, you go. Amazing. Which is hysterical that we like started talking about how important mindset is. And I'm like working through this course, trying like it'll be dripped. So every week a new a new module will come out. Right. I think seven modules altogether. Um, and the pre-work that you get access to as soon as you pay it's coming out in two weeks like it's not out yet um the pre-work is all about mindset and diving into your mindset and getting you into this positive and growth mindset um so that you can also teach it inside your classroom because at the end of the day it's not possible to teach it inside your classroom but not have it outside of the classroom absolutely it doesn't work um so that (laughs) um that is basically what i'm doing right now Honestly, a goal of mine is to get this program into schools, the one-on-one coaching program, the Confident ECE, into schools um, and do it as a group uh, program. It's not really a group program. The teachers would still get the one-on-one, but they would also have um, group coaching opportunities throughout those or access right where they could attend group coaching if they wanted to. It would be accessible. It would be there. Yeah, exactly. So they, um, so what I would do is I would meet with, so this would be through the school, the school would be paying for it. Um, and it's, it's in a group of three to five teachers okay. is what I would do. Um, and once they get the three to five teachers that they know need these, these, um, this support, um, what I would do is I would get on a call with the teachers, all of them, um, and talk to them about the program and what they're going to get from the program. Let them ask any questions, um, you know, kind of dive into some struggles that some of them might be, might be uh, having in the classroom. And then after that call, we would start the one-on-one calls with, with the teachers. And in, in between you would get three group coaching calls that would be scheduled for all of the teachers who are in this group to, um, talk and to vent and to get any kind of support that they need and to just like learn a little bit more about, um, what they need in the classroom. Right. So that is the goal. 
Um, I have it's an like outstanding goal. It's great. It's a great opportunity to, to for training other like other teachers who maybe want to implement something like this in a different state. Like you too, you could build your team, right? You could have teachers yeah. all over the country as part of your team for sure. Anyway, yeah, and and the the really great thing about my coaching program is that it's all um, online. So it's not, you know, you don't have to live where I live, obviously right. if you live where I live and you want to do a coaching call, a, a, you know, a live coaching call in person. Great. Fantastic. Let's do it. I've done it before, but, um, it's all online. So it's yeah. really based on your availability. And also something that I really try to do is make time on Sundays to meet with my clients because Sundays are usually days where teachers are um, you know, stressed out about the week. Um, they feel the Sunday scaries, they feel guilty about not doing the work that they're supposed to be doing. So a lot of times what I do is I have these calls with these teachers to help set them up for the week. Um, you know, one of their calls on a Sunday. So for example, I have a client call tomorrow, tomorrow morning with one of my clients, and this basically helps her get set up for the rest of the week. And what we're doing is we're, we're spicing up her lesson plans at this point. You know, the beginning was about um, developing a work-life balance and, you know, figuring out how to minimize the amount of hours she was working because she was working crazy amount of hours, minimize the amount of hours, be able to do the lesson plans in a decent amount of time and be able to use her prep periods throughout the week so that she's not at home freaking out. And so we meet on Sunday and we literally review whatever she needs to get done in that hour. And a lot of times we get so much done, she doesn't even need to do any more work afterwards. Wow, Um, that's fantastic. So, so that's really what the program is all about. Yeah. Like it's really just about meeting your needs, meeting you where you are and getting you to the finish line within 12 weeks. And this teacher, by the way, um, we're halfway through within four weeks. She already was dealing, was doing the work-life balance thing. Her lesson planning took two hours instead of seven hours. She was not working at home as often anymore. She was able to show up for her husband, for her kids. And it like just a world of a difference. And even she said to me, like, there's one parent who's driving her, who's driving her and her principal crazy. And she, at when I initially started talking to her, she was like, I don't know, this parent is complaining. I'm nervous they're going to fire me. And now she's like, nah, I don't really care about this parent. This parent has no basis to her, to her complaints. And she, you know, if she's really that unhappy, she can move her kid somewhere else. And, and the principal is on, you know, is on her side, knows that she's doing her job. And like now she's confident enough to say that, but six months ago, well, like two months ago, even yeah. she was not like that. Yeah. She did not have that kind of confidence. So that's when I say like this program is worth every penny. Absolutely. And I offer, and I offer payment plans, like extended payment plans for teachers, because I know it can be really scary to invest a thousand dollars in something off the bat without a payment plan. So that's not how much my, my, um, one-on-one coaching costs, but, um, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So that's, that's like, my vision is to build out more programs for teachers to be able to invest in with, uh, one-on-one being an option if that's what they need. I think that there's two things for teachers to, to take out of also what you said, um, with this client, number one, 
going from two hours to seven hours means you've saved four hours. So, or sorry, this is why I don't teach math. Means you've saved five hours. hours So (laughs) this is why I taught English. Um, (laughs) So you save five hours, right? Now, if you can, if you can attach even time to money, I mean, the amount of money you just saved in five hours, right, is worth what you've put into this uh, this core, this coaching with you. And also the, the time that you've now spent with your kids and your, and your partner is memories that you have created that you would not have created before. And the second thing I want to say is teachers don't have time to research. How do I say, how do I turn my lesson plans into two hours from, from, you know, seven hours, you have, you have time to research. So when they come and they say, this is my problem, you're like, cool, I'm on it. I'm like, if there's something I don't know, I have the time to research it, to get the, get the knowledge and bring it to you so that you don't have to spend more time trying to figure it out on your own. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And this teacher was asking me about different, different um, things that she could do within her classroom. And I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to research it and I'm going to send you the links. Exactly. That was it. She, I I sent her YouTube videos. I sent her blog posts. Like I have the time to sit and research for the teacher and that's great so that she can focus on, you know, getting her lessons out there, making them as fun and as creative as possible for herself and not have to spend another three hours researching at home after the school day. Um, Yeah. And I think that that's like really a big, um, a big part of one-on-one coaching is you don't have to do all of this by yourself. Yeah. You just exactly. don't, you you just don't have don't. to try to figure it out by yourself. Like yeah. find someone who can help you and move with it. Like yeah. move on it. I have, you know, I have a, uh, I have a teacher who um, never actually signed on for one-on-one coaching, but just from our 20 minute call, which is probably what she really needed. She was able to figure out how to move forward and do really well in the classroom and I didn't even do anything for her like I literally was just like have fun with it get creative enjoy what do you think I didn't even I didn't even give her the answers that she was looking for but at the end of the day I sparked curiosity and I got her to start thinking outside the box without saying anything so at the end of the day like even if you don't sign on for one-on-one coaching and you say, okay, I'm just going to do the 90 minute reset call. 90 minutes can get you so far. Yeah. Especially Seriously. if you're the kind, if you're like this teacher who didn't need a ton of support, but just needed like a little bit of a push. Yeah. 100%. Can be everything. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like a small it's 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 money so well spent you know and i think this isn't the 1970s anymore when where a coach it it just didn't exist the idea of having a coach right and yeah. someone who was a life yeah. coach even if you were a life coach you were seen as well why would anyone hire a life coach now that is everyone hires a coach it's like you need to hire a coach if you because a coach can get you in in one week a coach will get you where you where you would have taken like 20 weeks, right? A coach will get you there in one week. So I mean, it's absolutely, absolutely worth it. I wanted to ask you, like, um, as you started this business, uh, because I want to think about, you know, teachers are, I'm sure there's teachers out there thinking of starting their own business. 
what were some of the fears or challenges you kind of faced that you had to overcome? Um, and yeah, tell us maybe a little bit about that. So um, one challenge that was a mindset block was teachers can't afford it. Because as we all know, the education system is awful. It is underpaid, um, overworking. It's just crazy. But what I actually have found out is that teachers are actually probably the best at their finances because mm. they're they're not being paid as much because they're working a second job or they're starting a side hustle. They have the they have the smarts and the um I don't even know the the ability to do what they need to do to be able to afford life. Yeah. And that was me for a really long time. I also worked a second job in teaching. I was a camp director for many years. Um and I think that block literally from anything I was promoting, it doesn't matter if it was $25 or if it was $197, mm-hmm. anything I was promoting, that thought would go through my head and I would stop promoting it and never get a sale. Yeah. So when I, when I, you know, I know that the, the idea of investing something like $1,500 or $2,000 is, is scary at the end of the day you're getting so much more in it, you know, it's an investment, $100 worth of an investment. You know, you're getting someone in your back pocket talking to you on Voxer, which is a free messaging app, getting your one-on-one coaching calls in that are recorded and sent to you that you can keep at for yourself at any time, getting the research done that you don't necessarily have time to do. Right. So like you have all these ways um, of uh, all these different avenues of support while also knowing that money can come to you at any time. Yeah. And I think that is like the biggest mistake that um, many teachers make and that that I made, honestly, was I was always relying on my income instead of thinking about where else money could come in from, how else I could make money to be able to support myself and to be able to also get the coach that I needed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, it's having that abundance mindset as well, right? That money, you know, money is out there for me and I'm worthy of money and deserving. And um, and then surprisingly, it does. That's exactly what happens. It comes from places yeah. unexpectedly. Um, you know, you could not buy a, a coffee for like make coffee at home or something like that. You'd be surprised how much money you'd save, you know, instead of like, getting it every morning or something like that. Exactly. Um, before I do my last questions, I just want to ask. Uh, so, tell us a, a little bit. Um, well, actually, no. First, I wanted to know uh, the, if teacher, if a teacher wanted to start their own business or their own coaching business, what uh, what piece of advice would you give them? And then I also want you to tell us a little bit about the um, um, the course. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, about the course you're putting together. Um. So, if you want to start your own business, uh, my suggestion is. Honestly, learn as much as you can and work on that mindset so that when push comes to shove, you 
are in a good place, you're in an abundant mindset rather than in a lack mindset, and you're able to build your rapport. Um, Another thing I would say is there are a lot of like business podcasts that you can listen to, but I do think that coaching is the way to get you to where you want to be. Business coaching. Yeah. Um, I would not have made money had it not been for my business coach. Yeah. And now I'm working with another coach who's in a place where I want to be at some point. And I always, I always say like, listen, there are a lot of like wackadoo business coaches out there. So don't take the first one you can get. Um, But if you have friends who are in the business world who know business coaches, or if you have questions, ask them so that when you start your own business, you know exactly what you're doing mm-hmm. moving forward. So like when I first started my business, another fear of mine was this idea of being visible to everybody right. and the, the fear of judgment. Um, and that, again, is another mindset block. Like it's just, yeah. it just all compounds. So um, if you want to start a business, just do it. Do it. Figure out what you want to start with. Build a community learn everything you need to learn and do it. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. And I know you mentioned the course before. Is there anything else you wanted to share with us about the course? Um, Within this course, it is at your own pace. I do drip the content so that you can have time to go through the the modules, Um, but it is at your own pace. There are PDF documents for you in there. There's going to be video in there for you. Um, and not only that, I will have, um, every two weeks we'll have a Q and a call. So, um, if you have any questions, I will have you post them probably in a question box of some sort. Yeah. Um, and I will answer those questions on the call. If you can't make the call live, I will be posting them into the course platform so that you can listen to that call. outside of the course and kind of get your answers that you were looking for, or even just un- like more of an understanding from the other teacher's questions. That yeah, are- no, definitely. And that leads me to my next question. Like what is the best place to find you online? So the best place, my, my biggest platform right now is Instagram. Okay. Um, I am at coach for teachers. Um, okay, we'll and- put that in the show notes. And um, if you want to get on my email list, just send me a message and I will put your email on my list so you can get um, first dibs because honestly, my email list gets um, the first set of emails about the course when it opens um, and will also get the first set of emails when it comes to the workshop as well. Um so email list and Instagram are really my two main platforms okay. and you can always send me a message. At any time, my DMs are always open. I always love to chat, see where you're at, what you're struggling with, et cetera. Um, yeah, that's really the best place. Perfect. Awesome. And other than The Greatness Mindset by Lewis Houslick, are there any other books that you would recommend uh, that you like enjoyed for personal development? Or Yeah. There is one that I can think of, and it's all about boundaries. Ooh. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. It's by Nidra Tawab. I don't remember her last name. I'm going to look it up. So what did it set boundaries, find peace? Boundaries, find peace. 
helpful. I'm going to write that down in the show notes too. Set boundaries, find peace. Awesome. Thank you. Um, um, that is a really, really good one. It goes through all the different type of boundaries you can set. Okay. And it actually talks through how you can set those boundaries and how you can wow. approach them. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. And I've done, I think I might buy okay. that book for a few people this year. <laughs> I actually bought it for a client of mine. There I, you go. I, yeah, I exactly. Gave it to her for, as a present. Brilliant. Um, the end of our working together. She worked with me actually for six months. So she did three months of coaching and then another three months of coaching. Um, and um, I gave her that book to read because wow. it's, I mean, it's so good. Yeah. And she's a really great writer. So like, it's very easy to just kind of get like soaked into it. Fantastic. I'm definitely going to check it out. And okay. So going into the mindset for our final thoughts, how, how, um, Adva, do you move yourself from a negative mindset into a positive mindset? What are your strategies? I let myself feel the negative. That's good. Um, I let myself feel the negative. I let myself feel whatever's coming up. Um, something that I, I'm hoping to do soon is um, EFT tapping, which I hear is really, really good also for mindset. I've seen I, tapping the base, doing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. here, here, here. Yeah, um, I, I've done it randomly. I haven't done it like fully, but something that that's something that I want to do. Um, and then again, another thing that I do is journal. And I just write out all my thoughts because a lot of times with those thoughts come whatever emotions you're feeling that are tied to it um, and can actually give you some kind of breakthrough. Like I've had breakthroughs in my journaling before where I was like, oh, wow, this came out. Cool. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, so journaling is a huge thing for me. I love journaling. And even if you don't want to like write, what I would say is take your take your phone and do a voice memo memo like talk about it out loud to your phone yeah and let it be a reflection um so that is those are my two big things like let yourself feel that mindset and journal and then what I really want to start doing for myself is this this idea of EFT tapping but also another thing which we talked about before is mine is um meditation yeah find a meditation that is um that will help you move through your mindset. Yeah. I was just going to say with journaling, even the my latest iPhone update now ha- had an app, a journal app mm-hmm. suddenly. Yep. So I think it's definitely, I, and just um, before I get into the, ne- the next question quickly, do you have a set of prompts that you use for journaling or do you just sort of start writing? Just start writing. Okay. Um, so I've been doing this thing called morning pages, which is three pages of journaling in the morning and it's basically supposed to be and I learned this from someone else and I bought the book that goes along with it um it's like a course that that talks about it basically brings out your creativity this book this course um anyway um it's three pages and it's supposed to be your stream of consciousness so anything that's on your mind you write down and even if you don't have anything written down they tell you to literally write I don't know what to write um for three pages um, and as, and, and honestly, the first time I did it, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get three pages. I filled yeah. three pages. Wow. Um, and you're supposed to do this before you do anything else in the morning. Like I walk my dog first thing in the morning. So of course I'm not doing it before then, but, right. 
Um, you know, before you get onto social media, before you check your email, before you check anything work related, um, you're supposed to just kind of get whatever you have on your mind out on paper. I mean, the pen to paper is what's suggested, but honestly, you can do um, Google Doc if you really want. Um, I bought a brand new journal for this for this um, exercise, mm -hmm. and um, the book that goes along with it is called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Okay. Um, it is a 12-week course within the book that helps you, helps to bring out creativity and helps to get you into a creative mindset, into a creative flow. Um, and I think it's really cool because as teachers, like I'm working with this with my client right now to get the creativity flowing now, now that we, now that we establish what we, what we're doing in the classroom and how we're navigating the classroom, we're working on spicing up her, her lessons. And I feel like sometimes that gets lost in the midst of a lot of other things that happen in the classroom and right. frustrations that you're feeling or the negativity that you're feeling. So um, creativity is a great outlet. And um, so I, I'm working on that myself. Like I have never considered myself a very creative person, but I'm a dreamer and I, I dream big. So yeah. I am really looking to get those creative juices flowing in me because when those creative juices are flowing, that's when I get the most done. Absolutely. And the, the best ideas come out in that, in that space, right? And that, uh, I think we underestimate how creative, how we all are creators, right? Yeah. We all have the capacity to create. Yeah. I think sometimes. So it's, um, yeah. So that's, that's really what I would say um, in terms of, mindset in terms of creativity like just giving yourself different outlets yeah that's so um, and, if, and if it's not working and you feel like you're doing something wrong number one you're probably not and number two is get the support like yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm so about getting support in whatever way you need it whether that's finding a coach whether that's figuring out what EFT tapping is for yourself yeah um, whether that's you know doing the journaling prompts finding journaling prompts I actually do have a reflection guide for teachers but it's more reflecting on the day for at your at school not right. like any life related um and it's completely free so I can also send that your way and have you share yeah it. definitely I'd love um, that yeah the reflection guide is there um, and it literally gives you prompts to reflect on. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, we'll definitely add that into the show notes so people can find that for sure. Um, and I think you've probably already answered this, but what is like, if, if something is suddenly, if there's kind of suddenly something chaotic going on, what is your strategy? Or maybe it's a breathing strategy that you use to keep yourself calm. So I struggled with this for a really long time like really long. It's also like this idea of keeping calm amidst chaos in the classroom kind of mm -hmm. deal. Um, and it never helps to get into a chaotic mindset, which is something no. that I learned the hard way. Um, so obviously meditation is a new practice for me. So I wouldn't say like I've mastered it, but I'm, I'm getting there and I'm working through it. Yeah. But another thing that I actually like to do when I feel stressed or chaotic is move my body. Okay. Whether that's going on a walk, going to the gym, lifting some weights, 
running, whatever that looks like to you. So for me, for a very long time, dancing was my outlet. I would dance. I would go and dance with my friends. I literally would dance in the living room if I didn't have a class to go to. Um, That was my outlet for a really long time. Now, um, I have a lot of knee issues, so uh, I don't dance as often, but I work out. And okay. Yeah, same. Train. So working out has been an outlet. When I feel yeah. stressed, when I feel upset, when I feel any, any sort of anything, I just work out to get it out or go on a walk if it's nice outside. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah, I agree with that 100%. And last question, what three things are you grateful for today? Mm, that's a good question. I'm grateful for this conversation because it really was Same. super, super fun for me. Um, I am honestly grateful to have this house. Um, well, it's not really a house, it's a condo, but same thing. That's okay. Um, be thing. able to own a place of my own. Yeah. Um, and my dog, who Aww. is currently sleeping on the floor. <laughs> I love that. I know they pets bring so much joy. I love it. I love it. I love your artwork on the wall too. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, on the back when you're talking about your house. Um, yeah. I, I just want to really thank you. And I am so grateful that you came on the show today. And I just really appreciate you um, for your dedication to helping ch- teachers change their mindset and just realize that they can do this because there are so many of them out there right now, I think, who are struggling with this exact thing. And I wish you incredible success and prosperity as as you move forward. And yeah, it's been amazing, amazing talking to you. You've given me like so many interesting things to think about. And yeah, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for having me.